the new year is upon us and maybe you're all new year, new me and feeling like you're going to kill it when it comes to your 2020 farm goals. So it's time to get organized and make the smart and easy choice of subscribing to First Saturday Lime's monthly lime delivery. Trust us when we say you'll want this handy if you're looking for ways to make your chores a little bit easier and to keep your animal enclosures fresher longer. It helps keep the ammonia stink down and deters the bugs from getting cozy in your animal's bedding. This means you'll have more time to do all the other things you've been putting off in 2019. First Saturday Lime is safe, effective, and organic, and you really can't beat the subscription program they have. It ships you a 20-pound bag of First Saturday Lime right to your door before the first Saturday of the month. And guess what? It always ships free. The subscription comes with a gift each month, too. So go to FirstSaturdayLime.com to sign up for the subscription so you never run out of lime. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the mini-sode. Woo! That beer just went all over my hand. That's why Ooh. I had to woo about it. It felt very festive when that happened. Yes, yes it does. Yes. So what'd you open over there? So, funny story. We actually had a listener send us beer. <gasps> That's right. Oh my yes. god, I'm so excited. I was going to pretend like I didn't know that, but since I was but holding it in my hand, I do. thought that would be really silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandy Leahy from Cimarron Prairie Farms in Moscow, Kansas City has a hop farm and she sent us a beer that from a brewery that uses her hops. Um and we each got a beer from her. We, we actually got both beers, but we're each drinking one of each so we could talk about them both. And mine is Demeter's Prairie Pale Ale from Flat Mountain Brew House from downtown Garden City, Kansas. Um, and it is obviously a pale ale. And there's this cute little description that talks about Brandy and her husband joining them on a brew date. And they got to actually throw their fresh farm fresh hops into the kettle with a brewer um, so that's just so cool that we actually have a legit hot farmer listening to us and sending us their beer. I'm so excited to try this. So I'm going to shut up and let you talk about yours while I drink this. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it too. And in fact, we'll have to do a mini-sode where we talk to her about hop farming. <gasps> yes. Because uh, that would be super cool. It would be so fun. Because I'm sure that there's more to it than meets the eye, just like all the oh, other yeah. farming things that we talk about. And it'd be really neat to have like some firsthand experience, especially since we've gotten to try her beer too. Yes. So I am drinking the Hillside Session IPA, and that is also by Flat Mountain Brewing. And the description says... In England, during World War I, employees could drink a beer on the job even while manufacturing weapons. They called these breaks sessions. It was custom to have two sessions during a four-hour workday. To qualify for a session, you're aiming for an ABV around 5%. The Flat Mountain Brewhouse Session IPA is named after a popular community event near and dear to our hearts called Hillside Session. 
Hillside Sessions is a time to showcase local bands of all styles. Well, that is super fun. I had no idea that that was where the term sessions came from. Same. I know. I read that and it just like tickled me pink. I just, I want sessions at my work. (laughs) Yeah. Why doesn't my work have sessions? I work from home and I don't have sessions. (laughs) But the first thing that I noticed about this beer was when I opened it, I took a big old whiff because that tends to be what I do when I open a new beer. Mm -hmm. And the hop smell is so fantastic. It reminds me of standing in the hop room at a brewery, like if you've Mm. ever done a brewery tour. So her hops are absolutely delightful. And the beer is delicious, too. So thanks so much for sending this to us. Yeah, thank you. I just, I really am enjoying mine as well over here. So, Mm. Well, and IPAs aren't normally like my thing, but I've been getting more and more into them mm-hmm. as my palate has adjusted to the hoppier beers and I thoroughly enjoy this beer truly I saved half of it for my husband because you know sharing is caring I'm regretting <laughs> that decision right now <laughs> but he's gonna be really excited to get to try it too because like it's a beer from Kansas City we would never get to try yeah. this like unless we happen to drive through so thanks yeah. thanks so much from the bottom of our hearts for sending it yes so yeah, speaking of drinks, though, we do have a drink sponsor from our Patreon, and that is Honey Creep Homestead over on the Instagram. So thank you, Kayla Wood, for being our drink sponsor for this episode. Yes, cheers. So in today's mini-sode, we asked the peeps in our Facebook group to ask us their burning questions, and in we're going to cover that today. So we're going to talk about the questions they asked and answer them. They also gave us some really good few, like a good future episode topic ideas to pull from for 2020. So we're keeping a list of those and I'll, we'll work our way through those. Um, but at any time, you guys can go into the Facebook group and give us topic ideas or ask us questions. And we are happy to work through those in future minisodes and beyond. So thank you guys for jumping in and asking questions. Yes, for sure. I think this is a lot of fun. Um, I really like the mix of questions everybody asked us. It's it's so nice to just like, I don't know, uh, get some ideas like from outside of our brains for things yes. to talk about. <laughs> it's fresh. Yes. <laughs> and our first question is from Sarah N. And she asked, what would you like your farms to look like in 10 years from now? And I read that and about like shit myself because I can barely think about next week, <laughs> <laughs> let alone next year. So I'm going to make you answer this first. <laughs> okay. So my brain actually works the opposite way of that. Like I can project so far in the future. It's insane. Like I'll give you an example. We had just barely talked about this podcast ideas and I was already thinking about like what a live show would look like. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And that gives me anxiety thinking right? that far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I have put some thought into what I want my farm to look like in the future. And oddly enough, like, I think my farm looks pretty much like it does now, but I'll have more permanent solutions in place. Like, mm. for example, I hope that my garden fence is a permanent fence instead of this, like, janky solar thing we've got going on (laughs) right now yeah okay and I'm hoping that within the next 10 years I can have another barn I'd really like to build a new barn because our current barn 
is a horse barn and it's super awesome. It's incredibly nice. If you've seen mm-hmm. the videos of it on Facebook, people are like, why the F would you want to build a new barn? <laughs> and it's just because that barn doesn't fit what my farm goals are. I don't have horses. Okay. It do- only has two stalls in it. And right now it has my father-in-law's boat in it and my husband's workshop. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like it's not super functional for my personal farm goals. So mm-hmm. I'd like to build one in the pasture so that I have a home for the pasture animals. And then they have like their little shelters that we've built them in their own individual pastures. But like, you know, they have like shoots that go to their stalls within the barn. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, that's kind of how I'm picturing it. So I'm hoping that within 10 years, I would have at least, like, gotten started on that. We don't spend a lot of money on new projects at the moment because we've been really working on, like, paying off debt and getting, like, a budget under control and, like, saving and making sure we've got everything nailed down. Um, so it's not, like, in the current works. But maybe someday my husband and I have talked about it. So, yeah. And I'm hoping that everything is just a little more established and a little okay. more functional, less of a petting zoo, more of an actual <laughs> farm that produces things that we get to enjoy and we get to share with others, be it the community, our families, our friends, or whatever. So what about you? So I'm not sure that we'll even be in the same spot in 10 years because, frankly, I don't get me wrong. I love this house. I love the barn. I was obsessed with it when I saw it. I pretty much wanted to buy this house because of the barn. Um, And it would be very difficult for me to leave. However, we are like really close to the road and I can see neighbors. So like my dream would be to go buy like 20 to 40 acres somewhere that is like in the middle of nowhere that I could just like bury the house deep behind the woods so like nobody can drive by and see my shit and I can't <laughs> see neighbors and I could go outside naked if I wanted to. I could go sun my beehole if I wanted to, even though I yes. wouldn't. Um, and probably like, honestly, with just it being me and my husband most of the time and in 10 years, like my, my stepkids will be graduated and in college or living their best lives outside of college doing whatever they want to do. We don't need all the rooms that we have right now. Um, and the only reason why we have such a big house right now is because of them and and they need their own personal space. And I wanted to have a nice house for them to come to when they come see us. So I could see us like downsizing or, or using space a little more uh, efficiently if we kind of could build our own house. Um, and then I would want a bigger barn or maybe more barns. Um, because I'm already feel like I'm kind of functionally running out of space in the barn that we have. So I would like, my dream would be just to like buy land and build whatever the hell we wanted to. So I don't know if that's where we'll actually be in 10 years. I wouldn't be terribly mad if we were still in the same place in 10 years. Um, I just see alpacas in my future. That's the only (laughs) thing I don't have right now that I'm thinking about. Um, reindeer, obviously we've been talking about those. That's probably like a little farther out than 10 years. Yeah. You just reminded me, I'm not going to have children here anymore in 10 years, which is a really odd feeling. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be Aurora's senior year of high school, I think. Ugh, how strange is that? If I'm doing that right. <laughs> it is. It's, it's super strange, but I mean, 
also really neat. You know, like I, I try not to get yeah. too nostalgic about the kids. I'm trying to enjoy them how they are in their stages and not, you know, like grieve over the stages that they've passed and really yeah. like just take joy in the fact that they're getting older and learning and growing and flourishing essentially. So yeah. that's where my headspace is right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie M asked us, What's your favorite experience and or favorite person, not each other, that becoming accidental hobby farmers and podcasters has brought to your life? I have a feeling we're going to have the same answer here. You're (laughs) killing me, Katie. (laughs) Killing me. I don't know if we're going to have the same answer. Really? Yeah. Am I going to go first this time? Yeah, I'll let you go first. Okay. Coop camp. Uh, uh, Yeah, that's my favorite (laughs) experience also. Because that was like our first big kid podcast experience, and we got to meet so many cool people. And I'm already so excited for Coop Camp 2020, even though it's like six months away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am too. We got to meet Natalie, who, I mean, Natalie mm-hmm. Quist came essentially to see us. I mean, and enjoy Coop yes. Camp, but like, obviously, that was really <laughs> exciting to me. And we got to meet a lot of new people at Coop Camp, and we gained a lot of new listeners, and hopefully some of them have stuck around. I get the feeling that they did, because we've talked to them. Yeah. So I think they're still hanging around, and I really look forward to being able to reach more new people next year and get to see the same people from last year that got to come back, and maybe even have some you know, listeners come and join us, have more listeners come and join us essentially. Yeah. So yeah, that is, that is my hope. And last year after Coop Camp, the three of us, me, you and Natalie went to the coal ship, which is Indiana State Brewing's tap house. And we kind of want to do that again. So that means if you're a listener and you want to come hang out after with us at Coop Camp, like there's opportunity to do that too. So, oh, yeah, for sure. We'll definitely organize something. Yes. We get like a little one on one time with us. We just don't know what that is. Yes. Probably beer will be involved. I mean, just definitely saying. beer will be involved. <laughs> I'm my best self when I have one beer in my hand. Not a ton because I'm not an alcoholic, but I just need one. I need something to hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me comfortable. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't know what to do with our hands. Woo. <laughs> and it looks super awkward. <laughs> yes. So Heather G asked us a few questions and she first said, let me ask about starting a laying flock. Her goal is to turn a corner of her future mini barn addition to their garage um, into a permanent coop. So she says it's a long way off, but they want to start thinking through having space for six, six ish laying hens and a rooster. So her first question is what are the best leads for sourcing the birds as pullets slash cockerel, a local feed store, a livestock option? And she says that she'd really like to support a local farmer, but doesn't really know anyone in the area and attempts of finding Facebook groups for chickens nearby have come up short. And the local county extension office said Craigslist would probably be a good bet, but, you know, if you don't want to be murdered... (laughs) <laughs> that might not, you know, that might not play out for you. It 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 does work with some people, but I can understand why you wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah. So, um, she also asked maybe it might be a good idea to contact an FFA or the local 4-H. So she's got ideas, but Bev, what do you think you would do in her situation starting out? 
So this is kind of a cheater answer because we like just talked to Forrest from My Pet Chicken and they totally mm-hmm. sell pullets um, at the or closer to the egg laying age. Not quite the egg laying age, but they're a few weeks old. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't have to do like the teeny tiny delicate chick phase with them, which is nice. But I thought a more useful thing would be to mention why some of those other things that she's talked about hasn't necessarily worked out for me in the past. Mm -hmm. So um, I know a lot of people go to the livestock auction. The livestock auction makes me want to shit myself because I have to raise my hand and make bids on things. (laughs) And it sounds terrifying. So that's why I've never done it (laughs) personally. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I, I'm also like, you know, because we do what we do, uh, you know, we do a lot of research and biosecurity always freaks me out a little yep. bit at yep. livestock auctions. But yeah. we do have tons of listeners that do that on the regular and have not had any issues. So don't let that necessarily scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have bought chickens from someone locally. And while I really liked her and I really love the chickens, it was the Barnevelders. I got some hatching eggs from her and she would have totally sold me laying hens. No problem. I have actually found her birds to be my least friendly birds that I have in my flock. Oh. <laughs> so she's a great breeder and she breeds beautiful Barnevelders, but she doesn't breed for personality or friendliness, which a lot of like the bigger hatcheries and stuff will breed for. So that's another thought on that. Um, I, I would never, never do Craigslist. Gosh. No, no. I, I don't even remember the last time I went on Craigslist for anything. Never uh, yeah. for me. <laughs> what What ideas do you have or what experiences have you had? So I'm going to dive into her second question to kind of ease her mind there. She asks if it's feasible slash likely for them to find pullets in a cockerel or are they pretty much regulated or like stuck with the eggs and chicks? Um, and I think for both question one and two, it's not unreasonable. There are things like Instagram that are out there that are wonderful tools to connect you to people. You might have to drive a little farther than you want. It can get a little tricky across state lines with NPIP. Um, but if they're NPIP certified, um, I've done this before with Hot Off the Nest. She gave me the paperwork to drive across, back across the border with birds. <laughs> um, oh. So there are ways to deal with it. Um, I I will echo what Bev said about the My Pet Chicken thing. I know it's not a local breeder, but I've had very good experiences with them every time I've ordered from them. You can get a variety you're not stuck um, getting like five of the same. Like I had 18 different chickens last time I ordered them for a flock of chickens. Um, And they are all can be sexed, male or female. Um, So you could pick six different hens and whatever cockerel you want and call it a day. So you can either do that from the stick, the chick's stage, or 
you could get the six-week-olds. Those aren't showing up on the website right now because they're not in full hatching mode. Oh, that makes sense. Um, When they have their first hatch six weeks later is when those will yeah. start to ship out. So that totally makes sense. Yeah, and they're not going to know what breeds they have available yet until, like, orders start rolling in yeah. for the spring. So that explains why they're not on the website. So I was like, gosh, because she had put a note in here that she had checked my pet chicken and they only did chicks and eggs. And I was like, well, I know that that's not true. So I wanted mm-hmm. to let her know that they did have older older chickens available they're not egg laying size but six weeks is a lot i mean that's a month and a half yeah. right there so but yeah so good luck let us know how that goes and what you find yeah and let us know which option you went with and what your experience is um you can send it in as a farm story uh because i absolutely think that you're not the only person that has this question yeah. or concern <laughs> or wants to not deal with baby chicks because we've talked about how they're like little tiny floofy poop monsters yes they are So Brenton O also had some really great questions for us. She says, hey, Bev and Sam, and a heart emoji. (laughs) Oh, that says, love you guys. Now I get it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I think I heard one of you say on your podcast, quote, if you ever came to my farm, dot, 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 end quote, something like that. I was wondering if you guys have not visited each other's farms, and if not, if there's a specific reason why. I guess, like, maybe it keeps the interaction in the podcast more something. Sorry, second glass of wine. Can't think of the right word. (laughs) (laughs) And if you did visit each other's farm, what did you think? Differences, similarities, and that's it. So Sam actually has come and visited me before. Yes. Yes. The motivator for that was... My Favorite Murder, the live podcast show. Um, That was like the big pull. Obviously, I also wanted to see what Bev's farm looked like. And it was a good excuse to come down there for dual purpose. So uh, I was able to spend a longish weekend down there. We drank a lot of beers. Uh, I got to meet a lot of Bev's friends. It was very outside of my introvert comfort zone, but... It was actually kind of nice because I don't do a lot of like girls trips things like ever. And like your friends are all really good people and we got an Airbnb and I felt really comfortable with them. So that was outside my comfort zone, but it went well. (laughs) Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, but I really enjoy Bob's farm. It's very different than mine. Um smaller scale in the way of the number of chickens because Bev has like a a sane amount of chickens (laughs) and Sam does not. (laughs) Um, And like you have the goats um, and your pasture is like way bigger than mine. Um, So that was really cool to see. And I really enjoyed my time over at Bev's farm, but Bev has not had a chance to come to mine yet. And it's funny because you were like, I'm going to come in the fall. I'm going to come in the fall. And then like, that is just not a reasonable time for Bev to come to my farm. (laughs) It really is not because my husband (laughs) helps with the marching band and my son is in marching band. So like marching band season, a.k.a. football season is just like not ever going to happen. But funnily enough, uh, my husband, Jared, mentioned like, you should plan a weekend to go up and go see Sam like now that it's kind of calmed down because he's Mm -hmm. like you guys have a lot of things going on with the podcast a lot of things you're working on it sounds like you could kind of like workshop some of of the stuff like in person so yes I'm hoping to figure that out I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Sam about it yet so now Sam knows (laughs) that I'm working on on that in the back of my head (laughs) 
Yeah, but, I would vote maybe like spring. Yeah. When it's not a total shitstorm here. Maybe you can come help me stretch fence. Oh, yeah, and, I could totally do that. I've done that. And now that. Bev's like, I'm not coming. <laughs> Bring <laughs> <Maybe>. Jared with you. <laughs> Maybe I can throw my utility vehicle and my fence stretcher on a trailer <gasps> and bring it and actually help you. Because, <laughs> like, it's it's actually super handy. We have a really cool method. But our I, I also have a fence stretcher that, like, uh, you pound into the ground that works really well, too. So I could probably just bring that up and let you borrow it, too. So, yeah, it's really cool to have, like, a farm friend because you can, like, do stuff like that. But... Yeah. Our distance makes it hard to do stuff like that often because we're yeah. five and a half hours apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a long day of driving. It's not like that's not something you would do like on a Saturday and then drive home on a Sunday. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'd want to stay at least two nights. Probably three is more reasonable because yeah. it's it's a whole day of driving essentially there and a whole day of driving on the way back. So it's the only reason why we don't get to see each other more often. Right. It's not anything like it's not like the secret sauce to the podcast is that we don't no. stare at each other's faces. <laughs> we have a lot of fun together. We'd probably be more drunk if we probably were if we recorded this in person. <laughs> yes. But I've actually been thinking, too, we should probably like meet in the middle sometime soon to workshop some of this stuff, too. And that could be fun. Jared's mentioned that our halfway point, I think, is actually Van Wert, which is where my in-laws are at. <laughs> we'll just stay with your in-laws. What up? <laughs> Not awkward for Sam at all. <laughs> no, I mean, they're lovely people. You'll love them. They'll think that we're hilarious and they would love to host us. But yeah. I think they're super confused about what it is that we do. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. I'm a little confused about All what good. we do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I am too. It's okay. Uh, so great question. Um, she also asked, I've seen day in the life stuff from a couple of YouTube crafty people I follow. It was pretty funny and honest. So what is a day in a life for Bev and Sam like? That would definitely um, be more fun in video form. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'd probably be pretty boring. Oh, that's a good point. 90% of my day is actually spent sitting on my desk, physically pounding my forehead into my keyboard. <laughs> Your emails must be so lovely. <laughs> they are. They're the best emails. <laughs> yeah. I sit at my desk at home three days a week, and then I have to drive into the office. It's about a half hour each way. Um and I swear at my computer a lot, if I'm being totally honest. And I have to stare at sticky notes that are around my computer that say, if you worry about something, that means you could experience things twice. Or <laughs> or say the word or say the phrase, and that's just the way I like it after you say something negative. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, so farming, obviously, is a great outlet to a lot of that stressor. So... For my work from home days, I like to be able to go outside if I'm having a, a tough time at work and I have a bit of a break. I can go outside and talk to myself as I do chores, which I've found very therapeutic lately, but it probably would look crazy to someone, you know, walking by or driving by. Sometimes I'm yelling, um, <laughs> but it's just to get it out. And I'm like, you know, flipping over pools of water and it's very like therapeutic. Uh, but generally on those work from home days, I, I do chores um, in the afternoon, especially this time of year where it gets darker earlier. Um, so I, I knock those out. And then my husband generally takes care of the chores on Tuesdays and Thursdays because he gets home before me. 
Um, but yeah, I, it's not too crazy, guys. I'm super introvert. I love reality TV. Uh, I lot, watch a lot of crap like 90 Day Fiance, Love After Lockup. We love that garbage so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what we do to, de- to decompress. We also just bought Mortal Kombat 11 for the Nintendo Switch. And because we were going to we we're going to screen it to see to see if the kids could play it. Do not let your kids have that video game. It is okay. very gory, and they say the F word. So, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad we didn't give this to them for Christmas and that we screened it first, but we're thrilled. We're having a blast. So I do a lot of introvert-type behaviors at home, but I what's love a that. day in the life of Bev? So my day actually couldn't be any more different than Sam's, except for <laughs> the like work part, because you know we both work um, pretty high stress jobs i work mm-hmm. a couple of jobs because i like to fill every second that i freaking have because i'm an insane <laughs> person um but like a day in the life of me is so my light turns on next to my bed at 6 a.m and i get up and i usually grab a cup of coffee and i sit and stare out my window while the sun rises and like drink my coffee i've got like this planner thing i've been doing this panda planner thing so i'm trying to established habits that I want to get into and part of it is like being grateful for things and talking about things that you're excited about it's just for like 10 minutes a day so it doesn't take up a ton of my time but I've been doing that and then as soon as the sun is fully risen um, I'll go out and throw the hay out to the animals my farm chores are so easy even with the cow and the donkey I just have to make sure that the donkey is not stealing all of his food (laughs) (laughs) and then I sit down at my desk and work and my goal is to be sitting down by 7 30 which is when the kids have to leave for Mm. school and my kids get ready on their own or at least they're supposed to I I'm trying to learn not to be <laughs> naggy, so that's why there's not a lot of mention of what I have to do for them in the morning, because they're old enough, they are self-sufficient. I just have to keep reminding them of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I basically work, like, a work day. I'll get up like Sam and take a break in the middle of the day to go hang out with the animals or do extra things that have to be done, and then in the evening, I try to leave my desk early enough that there's still light to, like, go and do the evening chores before dark because doing chores in the dark sucks but it gets dark at five o'clock here right now and then i do so much work that usually i really work until like six or seven sometimes and then i make dinner for everybody i read my kids a harry potter book before bed i have to close out my journal for the evening there's like you have to do like a little recap of your day which also takes about 10 minutes and then that's usually when i do my yoga also sometimes i do my yoga in the morning because i'm doing yoga every day right now sometimes i do it at lunch and sometimes i do it in the evening so depends on what the yoga is for that day Nine times out of ten, it's in the evening because that's an easier time to squeeze it in. Because oh. after I read to Aurora, um, she goes to bed, and then I'm free. And then after I'm done with the yoga, I go to bed because I'm an early to bed person. I yes. try to be in bed by like ten because I wake up at six and I need eight hours of sleep on the dot, or else I am a bear in the morning. Same. <laughs> so that's basically my day. Like I don't have time for a whole lot of extras. But gosh, I want to start playing some video games. I'm going to tell Jared we need to get some of those because those are fun. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. So she also asked what our dream farm plans slash animals were. And we kind of covered that maybe a little with like the 10-year goals. But if there is one animal you could have, Bev, that you don't have right now, what would it be? So I think I'm on the alpaca train with you. 
Yes. <laughs> They're awfully adorable. And I spin yarn also. That's one of my hobbies is spinning yarn and crocheting. And I'd love to have a fiber animal. And in fact, I have like 20 pounds of alpaca in a cupboard around here that still needs to be like washed and carded so that I can spin it. I just haven't spent the time to do it. Maybe that'll motivate me to get an alpaca. I have a book all about it. But yours is alpaca too, right? Yeah, or reindeer. But oh, alpaca yeah. seems more attainable and like <laughs> something that my husband wouldn't divorce me over. You know, fair so, enough. So I think that's the direction I'm headed next. <laughs> and Forrest from My Pet Chicken asked us, "We'd love to hear more about your chickens and flocks. How many do you each have? What's your favorite breed? And do your chickens and other farm animals get along?" Well, Bev, I'm going to let you go first since you actually know the amount of chickens you have. Okay. So (laughs) I have 15 chickens, 11 hens, and four roosters. (laughs) That is wildly misbalanced right now. But the roosters have all been good. So I'm trying to – my goal is to have some more pullets by spring so there's a little more for the roosters loving to go around to. (laughs) That'll even out a little bit It'll even out just a little bit more. Yeah, so I am planning on getting some more chickens. Um, And, in fact, like, so all of my breeds are mostly, like, basic breeds. Every chicken I own lays a brown egg except for I have one Easter egger that lays a – blue egg so this spring I'm really hoping to like make my egg basket more colorful like I'd love to get a couple of olive eggers and a couple of blue eggers and maybe even a white egger so that I could really get like that variety Mm. going that'd be fun or get like a Moran's for like the dark dark brown I'd love that that would be super fun and I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite breed but um Pokey Trace which is one of the ones that I hatched from uh Coop Dreams She's my favorite chicken by far. I have no idea what kind of chicken she is. She's must be some sort of Easter egg of some kind is my guess. But her egg is brown. So it's not a colorful Easter egg, but she kind of looks like an Easter egg. You know, short comb, lots of colors on her feathers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and do my chickens and farm animals get along? Uh, for the most part, they seem to. They kind of stay out of the pastures, though. So they don't even go in there. Like, I'd love to see chickens roosting on the back of Herc, but <laughs> <laughs> they just, they choose not to go in there. They would go in there when it was the goats on that side because they can squeeze through the fence because they'd go eat the remnants that the goats left in their food dish. And then they drink mm. water out of the trough. But now that it's Herc and the cow over there, they don't go in there anymore. But they walk along the fence and Herc and the cow will follow them, but not like look aggressive towards <laughs> them. So I think they all pretty much get along. And in fact, I almost took a picture of my dog today. My dog was like sunning herself on the in the sun. And also I gave her some CBD oil for her anxiety today. So I think she might have been just like a little <laughs> <laughs> relaxed. Like, a little relaxed. <laughs> but all four of my roosters were just like around her, like eating bugs out of the dirt or whatever and she like paid no mind to them (laughs) so that was super cool um and the cats tend to kind of leave everybody alone too herc chases the cats out when he notices them but i think he's mostly trying to play that play with them he's not being like aggressive he's just getting really excited and like running towards them and it freaks them out a little bit but yeah all my animals seem to get along pretty well with the chickens and no one's trying to eat the chickens anymore so i'm happy (laughs) that's good (laughs) what about you so I don't know how many chickens I have I tell people I have 70 it's probably actually closer to 100 and we have way too many roosters 
Um, but everybody's behaving right now. It does get a little rough in the spring when the hormones start getting a little intense. Um, but right now it's not so bad. Uh, we don't really have a favorite over here. I do really like the Polish crusted chickens because they are phenomenal Instagram models because they can't see oh, and they stay yeah. still. Same with Silkies. Um, I do also like my Bard Rocks. They're pretty cool. And I like Brahmas because they're big and fluffy. And I also like my Cochins because they're big and fluffy. Um, <laughs> so I like anything pretty much feather-footed, big and fluffy, or just fluffy in the face. Um, so I'm not picky. I like having the variety. Um, my chickens and other farm animals are kind of separate. Um, the chickens do free range with the ducks and the geese, but they all kind of are clicky and don't interact. But my Muscovy ducks have fought off a hawk for my chickens before. Oh. So I think they just have an agreement on how things work. Um, I will say that my new dog, Timber, he does not like the goats. He barks at them when he walks by them. I think he's just confused. He's like, yeah. you look like a dog, but you don't smell like a dog and you don't sound like a dog so i don't know what you are so therefore i will bark um he just gets very excited around the poultry obviously he's on a leash if he's anywhere near them because he's a german shepherd mix um and we just he's a puppy too he's large but he's only six months old and he's already 53 pounds um but he is very excited around them but most everybody gets along the barn cats could care less about the chickens or the ducks or the geese. Uh, my pregnant goat mamas are not a fan of the cats because they're in protective mode. But oh, yeah. They just kind of chase them off. I don't think they're actually trying to hurt them. So uh, it's pretty kumbaya around here. We're pretty lucky. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's nice to have animals that aren't all like trying to kill each other all the time. Because I imagine yeah. that's kind of stressful. Yeah, I would imagine so. And Elise F. asked, do you call yourself farmers? In particular, Sam, since you said your family farms, does that change your willingness to call or not call yourself a farmer? If you don't call yourself farmers, at what point would you start calling yourself a farmer? And we kind of talked about this in the last main episode in 92 a little bit, but I think we can both summarize yeah. um, what we're calling ourselves. So, Bev, what are you calling yourself? So I'm calling myself a farmer, and I did Good. totally struggle with that for a little bit. I will admit that, um, just because, you know, like, I don't have any, like, big farm equipment and nobody buys anything from me, but I live on a farm, and I have livestock, and I do farm chores, and I do create food, not a lot, but a little bit, and uh -huh. I create farm animals. So I think farm is the right term, for sure. Farmer is the right term for me. What about you? So I did definitely ha feel like I had some hesitancy or imposter syndrome over it for a while because of my very deep farming roots, like g generations upon generations. Um, I feel like my turning point was when we had the first live births of the goats on the farm because that is one of those things that I feel like you need to be really prepared for. You need to be ready to react and, and to glove up and go in if it's not going well. And the vet can't get there very quickly. 
um, in helping with, you know, the baby goats, drying them off, making sure they're getting their colostrum, um, keeping an eye on them. That's when it shifted for me. And I think my dad even like made a comment on my Facebook about like, it's a real farm now. And that's like when it really felt real to me. And I think that's why I got so emotional when Maya gave birth because it was just one of the coolest things I had ever seen. It was also kind of gross, but (laughs) (laughs) it's also really neat. And I just, it was like my instinct kicked in on how to help and how to get in there. And it just felt like everything just kind of fell into place. So I think that's when I started feeling like I was allowed to without feeling guilty, whether that guilt was legitimate or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause you do have generations of farming in your family. So my mm-hmm. aunt likes to comment on my farm photos and talk about how proud my grandpa would be of me. Uh, my grandpa died gosh, Jared and I had just started dating. So it was 12 years ago and I actually didn't know him very well, but he did grow up Mm. on a farm, but he never farmed like while I ever saw him or anywhere that he lived in. So I guess I do have some farming in my blood, but like, I don't, I don't, I couldn't name like a relative that is a farmer off the top Mm. of my head. But yeah. So for me, I feel like it was a little easier to, de- to decide to slide into the term, especially after I decided to drop a homesteader. But yeah, mm-hmm. I like the term farm. I feel like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> <laughs> it feels legit. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. You yep. have a cow now. I mean, if that doesn't make me a farmer, I don't know what I've got to get to <laughs> become a farmer. <laughs> Maybe a cow that actually does something besides eat grass and play. <laughs> Maybe. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for your questions. We appreciate them. Keep them coming. You can send those to us through Facebook, Instagram, email, drinkandfarm at gmail.com. And we'll do another one of these. Or maybe it'll become a topic if it's a really big question. You never know. So send them to us. We can always use questions and ideas. Absolutely. And we love um, sharing the parts of ourselves that you guys are interested in, I guess. Yes. That is some feedback that we did get in our survey, I think, or maybe it was in a review that they wish they would hear more about our personal lives. Um, And I know I'm kind of guarded of mine, and I think Bev is a little bit as well. So sometimes you guys got to ask us questions to get it out of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're pretty open and vulnerable once we get to that point, but sometimes we don't know, like, where to start, if that makes sense. (laughs) Right. And I think I'm boring most of the time, so I need to understand what you guys want to (laughs) hear. Yeah. So just some quick housekeeping, hit the subscribe button and download this episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram and your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for this week's episode so you can get a percentage off in our shop. So that's it. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in. Happy New Year. 2020. Uh, Holy crap. Holy crap. It's crazy to think about it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome year and an awesome decade, though. Yes. Roaring 20s are back, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, drink, farm, 
and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.